0: Warning, this intro will be very, very long, but I suggest you listen to it, because this is very important and very key to what this show is really going to be about. Now please enjoy, because this is very important and needs to be played at a very high volume. Thank you.
1: See? Uh, oh yeah. It ain't over, motherfuckers. The motherfucking saga continues.
2: Y'all motherfuckers ready for
1: a wa Get the fuck up.
2: Ice now since
3: he stepped the fuck off. Here's what they think about you. Here's what they think about you. Here's what they think Real about. Real niggas, the they make strange hellings to so wear lipstick and lace. Here's what
2: they think about. When they was in London, they not no good for that frickin' Here's here what they think about. When I got to take here's all the I know, I'm, I'm, right, I'm right, not my <laughs>
1: Here's what they think about. Here's what yeah, they think yeah, about. Here's what they think about. What think about here's what they think about it. here's what they think about it. Here's what they think
3: about it. Here's what they think about it. Here's what they think about it. Here's what they think about you?
1: what they
2: think you? what they think about you? what they think about you? No question about it. Yeah. Right? No question about it. Do guys in the NBA go to sleep early the night before playing the Phoenix Suns? Hell no. No. You mean as a team or would you talk about Chris Paul in Division? Chris Paul in Division. Okay. No. I'm going to Stake 44 over there at Phoenix. I'm gonna have me a nice little wine, probably sweat it out, and uh but the pregame shoot around and get ready for Chris Paul. Steph Curry, I'm going I'm going to bed at eight o'clock mom don't call me my girl don't call me i don't i'm I'm locked in right now it's not it's 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 two different monsters that's all yeah well listen
3: he plays i don't so if you gonna tell me that he don't go up he you know you ain't going to sleep early for chris paul that's fine but what i'm saying about chris paul is this and this is what can't be ignored Quit a central point guard, floor general, make others around you better, knowing everybody's job, knowing what everybody is supposed to do. And believe and being that elite floor general. That's not under that's not deniable. Now when, now what I would say to Patrick Beverly, and my little brother here is being a little bit disingenuous, is this. It's a hell of a word. Let me say, well, you know, you understand that you're a highly intelligent brother. You act like you don't know what you know exactly what the hell it means. The point that I'm trying to make to you about it is this. No. Why do you go to sleep early for Steph Curry? Because Steph Curry can drive 40 or 50 on you. That's why. See, you go to bed early for dudes that can embarrass you, that will literally wake up the next or go against you the next night and take you to school so you get up to make sure they ain't going to do that to you. Most instances, that's not what Chris Paul is going to do. When Chris Paul was sensational, and we were going ballistic because of what he was doing in game two. He had 28 points and 14 assists. That's not something you lose sleep over. That's a floor general that got a shot going, but he's still running the floor, running a team the way that you're supposed to do it. Where somebody like Steph Curry, you blink and he might drop 10 threes on you. You blink and he might drop 50 on you. That got Luca, for example. Luca with the 27 in the first half. Luca can drop 50 on you.
2: Those are the dudes that you lose sleep over. Man, ain't nobody worried about Chris Paul when he played Phoenix Suns nobody in the nba oh, what did i just say though and i'm just letting you know how nba players feel this I, thing. I i believe you but what i'm saying he's is but that's the game to a point where he's he, he gets all the petty calls all the swipe throughs at the end i mean this guy is out man Are we gonna be honest Are we want to be really honest yes he should have fouled out he should have fouled out the last game too you see the replay against Bronson? hit him on the shoulder hit him in the mouth rep don't call anything if that's me, oh, review it. Oh, flagrant one. If that's him, they don't call it. So that's not get it twisted, man. He should have fouled out. He can't guard. He literally can't, he can't guard. He can't guard. Yeah. He,
3: can't, he can't. Chris Paul can't guard anybody? Is that what you say? did you see that no he can't everyone well, knows no, that excuse me excuse me no 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 i don't know that i haven't
2: heard anybody tell me that you, yeah because you haven't suited up you know guys don't like to tell you all the truth you know that because they're true. scared they're scared they're scared they will care. lie I he will, care. he's honest I'm they, will lie. they, they will lie that is true
3: he's not lying about man, that
2: cp can't guard nobody man everybody nba know that everybody know anybody what we call them cone you know what you do cones like when in the summertime you got a cone you make a move what does the cone do Stay <Deadlands> still. Exactly. He's a cone. Stop playing, man. Everybody think, right. knows that. Everyone knows that. It's just y'all don't want to accept it because. No, I don't seats. accept that. I, I don't. don't. No, no, no. I'm saying, ba- again, if you're taller than him,
3: you're say you can shoot over him. Obviously, that's but an issue.
2: But give him the Ben Simmons slander. Give him the PG's 13th. hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Give him the slander that you give everybody. First of all, first of all
3: for watch, now. watch now. yourself now. Come the, on now. Come on now. Don't compare CP3 to Ben Simmons. No, no I ben didn't, didn't, show, I, said ben didn't show up. I said the ben slander. I said the up. I said the slander. Well, what's the slander? I'm gonna give you. If you show up, listen. You, you listen. You, I consider a guy that's an
2: elite defender. What, what happened with Chris? What was going through your mind? You know Chris. So so, so people don't understand. <laughs> I, know, I know Chris. Right. I know Chris. So people yeah. don't understand. People don't understand. Me and Chris, this, the, what we have has been going on since I was in high school. And, and see, a lot of people don't know the backstory, but me and Chris, we clearly understand the backstory. So, like, I got invited to a LeBron James camp, you know, the big Nike LeBron James camp when we was in college. Ironically, my roommate at the time, Stephen Kirk. And people don't know a lot about that. Me and him, every basketball camp, USA team, he's my roommate. Every every single time since you we were young. six story there. So, you know, you, you're on a certain team, and you get a chance to play against LeBron. I think OJ Mayo was there, and Chris Paul was there. I, de- I killed them, destroyed them. I'm talking about in front of every fucking NBA scout out there. I'm just a sophomore in, in the fucking college. I'm going at them. Every fucking play, I'm calling them a child, and then I see them in the NBA. So, of course, the energy is going to roll over to the NBA you know and he does you know Chris he does slick shit like you know people don't know that's a little dirty motherfucker man Chris <laughs> know that too man you know I know you didn't want to say it but I said it for you though. I know that was your team mate like, and, and I love CP bro I love what he bring to the game I love like, like he, he changed the game also so like you got to give him all his props but like he knows how to finesse the system too like and, and you got to give him credit for that too so you know it was just one of those one of those ones I just had to get off my chest. And I called him right out. There. I called him right out there too. I, same I, I I do know Chris, and I love Chris, and I also, for a long period of time in my life, hated Chris. And Chris and Chris, <laughs> Chris knows this. And it's fine. It's fine. We've moved past that. We've moved past that. Was there? going to take a lot of the blame as Ramona said and it's, as Chris knows he didn't play well from games three to seven he played terrible and he'll tell you that but what I want to touch on real quick RJ is the disrespect I saw from Pat Beverly earlier today you know as as, as reporters you know part of the media we have a job to be critical but I think there's a, a thin line between being critical and disrespecting and I feel like what Pat Beverly did today to Chris Paul was completely disrespectful and out of the line and Pat Beverly's talking like he's that guy you're not that guy Plain and simple, Chris Paul played terrible this year, and his numbers are still better than your career numbers have ever been. So I just think you have to understand, Chris is a 12-time All-Star. They he played terrible first time, all defense nine times, seven times first-team All Defense. He'll be a Hall of Famer. Pat Bev and I were similar type role players. They don't talk about us when we go. They're going to talk about CP3 when he's done. And I just think the disrespect we saw earlier today on the ESPN show need to be checked because he was way out of pocket. Thanks for
3: watching ESPN on YouTube. For li-
1: have to make a play and i'm hoping he can do that i don't know if chris has gotten to this place of being safe um when he first came into the league you you mentioned chris paul and championship together you know those two words went together i i have not heard him speak of winning a championship now in a couple of years I think he's falling into this assist-to-turnover ratio thing where, you know, Chris is a very safe player right now, and statistically, you know, he maxes out in every box. However, I don't see Chris going outside of himself, outside of those boxes, to take extraordinary risk. And, you know, this assist-to-turnover ratio, if you look back at some of the, the the best point guards to ever do it in all league, you know, we... We generally had three to four turnovers a night because we took risks. Stockton took risks. Magic Johnson took risks. I took risk out on the floor. You know, to play a game where you have only one turnover or zero turnovers, that means you're playing relatively safe. You're playing good basketball. But, you, you know, you, you're playing safe. And, you know, you, you right now, Chris is at the point now, he's got to push past safe. He's got to push past the numbers where he can go into the locker room and say, I got
0: 20, I got nine, I got three, then hey, I did my job. No, you gotta push past safe. Yeah, safe. Yo, 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 yo. What up, man? It's your boy King Nona censored on the check-in. Now before we get to the intro, I know y'all waiting for the show to drop for more news and everything of that nature. We're gonna get to that, I promise you. But it's funny that uh Patrick Beverly And Isaiah Thomas were the only ones within the last maybe eight to ten years to actually give criticism of Chris Paul. Meanwhile, the media over the years and the players over the years have protected this man, and I've been hip for quite a while. I've been hip technically since he was failing in New Orleans. He was failing on the Clippers. But I'm going to play you a clip from uh, 2018 where, you know, I compiled multiple players' thoughts, and quotes, on CP. That this is the stuff that they try to hide from you. You know what I'm saying? This is the stuff that only the local papers, only the local websites would give you. They, you know, ESPN and FS1 and... All these fanboys and shit, they like to hide the truth. And I'm going to play you a clip from December 2018 for context, to show you what I mean. Against the Golden State Warriors. Now... Throughout his tenure And his career Multiple people have had a lot to say about Chris Paul Positive and negative And it's a mix Now let's see how What these particular people had to say about chris paul as an overall basketball player to a degree these quotes which i looked up and got the actual quotes this is really the quotes of these individuals this ain't fake you can look it up on youtube and you can look it up on the internet Doc Rivers said Chris Paul needed the ball. He could not move without the ball. So I changed what I did to fit CP3's game. I run a ball movement system. And Chris Paul needed the ball in his hand. And now that he's gone, I'm glad that we got to go back to, bu- to better ball movement. Austin Rivers, his teammate and Doc Rivers' son said the dynamic of Chris and Blake was weird. No one knew who the leader was and if you had something to say it would turn into an argument. Ryan Hollins, Chris Paul's former teammate, said Ray John Rondo was one of my favorite teammates ever. Chris Paul has some growing to do. Hollins said of Paul. Everything that glitters ain't gold. Wow. That's a hell of a quote. And that summarized that quote summarizes Chris Paul's career. Everything that glitters ain't gold. Wow, hell of a quote. And Glenn Big Baby Davis had a whole lot to say about playing with Chris Paul. He said, "I played with Rondo and Chris Paul. Chris Paul is a very bad teammate. We can see that this was a very dysfunctional team. I'm not blaming Chris Paul all the way. I'm saying this because he's the leader. We know from the drum that Blake and Chris don't like each other. DeAndre Jordan, he's not happy. They had to beg him to come back. You have to give him you have to get him involved or blow that team up and trade Blake Griffin. I like his heart. I like Chris Paul's heart and his spirit, but he rubs everyone the wrong way. He wants to be in the same category as Dwyane Wade and LeBron James, but he's not that. He's good, though. I've never seen a point guard run a team like that and win a championship. Jeez. Matt Barnes says that we had really one of the most talented teams that never won a championship in L.A., and I think it was our own fault. We were in our own way. Just too many egos and young acting. Chris Paul just wanted to win. You want Chris Paul on your team. And he looks happier on the Rockets. Paul Pierce said, it doesn't seem like anyone on that team had a good relationship. It was a team of individuals. You see the tension between Chris, Paul, and Austin Rivers when Austin got more shots and more minutes. David West said, the time in New Orleans that we spent together was a starting point for us in the league, and who knows what could have been if we stayed together. We were not prepared at that point in our careers to take the next step. We've seen a player like Chris Paul before. He's like Isaiah, but we've never seen anyone quite like Steph Curry. Mmm. Tough. Now, this is all a legend, meaning that these were rumors, meaning that most of it is true, but it's not 100% accurate. This, from DeAndre's camp, is probably more than 50% accurate. We're probably talking about 80% here. Tempers, as far as DeAndre Jordan's side of the story, tempers were wearing thin. DeAndre Jordan and Chris Paul had gotten into it more than once, which led Jordan to start seriously contemplating what it might be to play elsewhere in the 2015 and 2016 season. Shortly after agreeing to signing with the Dallas Mavericks, he became uncommunicative. Rumors swirled that he was having second thoughts about joining the Mavericks. What happened in the following following days was an emoji-laced comedy of errors that played out live on social media. I I thought that was the gayest shit that I've ever seen in basketball history. DeAndre Jordan is a grown-ass man. If that nigga didn't want to be there, let him walk. You could have signed Tyson Chandler to replace him. African thinking guy emoji. But anyway, I think that was the most gay-ass shit that I've ever seen play out in free agency. It concluded with Jordan locked inside his Houston home, surrounded by his then-teammates and signing a contract to remain with the Los Angeles Clippers. Ironically, the Mavericks' pursuit of Jordan also cost them the chance to re-sign Tyson Chandler, who was signed by the Phoenix Suns to a four-year, $44 million contract. Actually, I'm wrong. I think it was either four years, 44 mil... Yeah, it was. I was right. Never mind. He was tired of Chris Paul's constant barking and petty gestures, like distributing high fives to the three other guys on the floor and dissing him, following a timeout, but somehow freezing out Jordan. I think success- the biggest issue for Jordan was that, despite the leaps and bounds he made to be named first-team all-defense... The Clippers always treated him like the player he was when he arrived in the NBA and never like the player that he became. Blake Griffin said, this is an actual quote from Blake Griffin, he was telling, picking your mouth, right?' this. He said, that I think what you're getting every night with Chris Paul. I mean, he wants to win at all costs, and he's willing to go all out, and he's going to do everything possible to get that win. The toughest thing, like all good players, he demands a lot out of his teammates. I don't know if that's necessarily a good thing, but I a tough thing, but I think it's a great thing. But since Griffin has moved on to the Detroit Pistons, he said I can't tell you one day that I woke up going, man, I wish I was in L.A., and I mean that. Wow. Now drop the joint. Yo, I know I apologize about that long intro, but things needed to be said that had to be said. We'll get into Pat Bev a little bit later, though. Let's start off with Young Thug and gunna My goodness, just more and more information just keeps coming out. I'm gonna be honest with y'all. Thugga Thugga is is doomed. He is doomed. He's already facing 5 to 60 years. That's the automatic for, you know, the RICO thing, right? What I just learned a couple of days ago is this nigga got wiretapped. I didn't know all of the information that was on the wiretap. Now I I said on the last show, you know, the, the little light shit right But they were monitoring Him for a very long time Which leads me to believe That Young Thug was set up I just got a feeling That he was set up bro And it's a dirty game out here Like Once a person gets jealous in your crew And they're watching you do all these Great things for all these great people And all it takes is just one Disgruntled homeboy and it's a wrap I just seen this crazy article That said In XL that said Young Thug and YSL triggered over 50 murders And instances of gun violence Among various gangs Fulton County Attorney said Jesus Christ 50 m- murders we already know about the rending the car thing and, and and killing somebody. I mean, Young Thug isn't the trigger man in any of these murders, though. And his lawyer, Brian Steele, said that we will fight this case ethically, legally, and zealously, and Mr. Williams will be cleared. Eh, I don't see clear, bro. I don't see clear. I just don't. He is being labeled the kingpin of this organization with a 56-page indictment. The RICO is big, bro. And young thug has been denied bail and his lawyer has told the people that he is having, you know, he is put on the side of the jail where the food's not that good, the conditions are not that good. It's just like, well, that's jail. I know you. I know you're a star and you're used to eating, you know, a hundred thousand dollar linguine and lobsters and million dollar chicken, but my nigga. That's jail. You wanted to be a young thug. You wanted to be a shooter, a soldier. And then, I mean, have you watched the Million Dollars Worth of Game episode? Wallow was trying to give young thugs some game. And unfortunately, it went one ear and out of the other. And it's unfortunate I feel bad for Young Thug I really do Because you know You don't want to see Black men Who help the community Who are successful You don't want to see them Locked up and in jail You just don't You don't want to see The homies locked up man So And Ghana is facing just one Rico count. Like he's not facing the same charges as Young Thug. Which leads me to believe that either he's going to go free. Because he's just associated with them. He's not really necessarily charged in any of the crimes. He's just not. He's charged with one Rico count. And the minimum for Rico is 37 months in jail. Now say for example, he does get 37 months. It might be 24 or 24 to 26 months, which is two two years and some change. But it's better than doing life in prison. And I think Young Thug, I don't know, man. Like minimum, I see six to eight years off top because he got caught with a lot of shit and I heard that his lawyer is really, really good. Minimum, I see six to eight years. And you know, when a popular rapper goes down and does a long prison sentence, the game changes. Young Thug's popularity is not gonna be the same in six to eight years. But at the rate that the Fulton County Sheriff's Department is going. They want to to get him. They want him to do time because they feel like he's responsible for a lot of gang violence in Atlanta. They want to nail this nigga to the cross. If there's a plea deal available, I think Young Thug should take it. I don't think he should fight this shit because it's only going to get worse. So take a plea deal of whatever. That's under thirty years. If something, if it's under twenty, take that shit. Because if this nigga gets forty to sixty years in jail, he his life is over. His rap career is over, and it's just very unfortunate. But anyway, let's move on to Freddie Gibbs. Oh boy. Buffalo just had a major tragedy. And the energy wasn't the same on that shooter that it was for Freddie Gibbs. I'm going to leave it. I'm going to let that marinate. I'm going to let that marinate. Not trying to be woke. But I'm just saying, like, y'all wasn't after the, the, the killer like that. If if Buffalo had 10 shooters, they could have got that guy. I'm just saying. But anyway, Freddie Gibbs was at a restaurant in Buffalo. Eating ribs. Freddie Gibbs eating ribs. Right? All of a sudden, a bunch of 40 to 50-year-old men started jumping on Freddie Gibbs. And... From the footage that I seen, I'm not going to lie. Freddie Gibbs held his own. He was outnumbered like three to fucking 23. Because all I saw was one security guard, his girl trying to do what she can, and Freddie Gibbs trying to swing on five, six people. They had him cornered. They jumped him. They stoned him and whatever the case may be. But Freddie Gibbs fought back. It wasn't like he did what he could. You can't beat up 23 people, especially 23 old heads. This is old school shit. When nobody gets shot, that's some old school nigga shit right there. That's that's fair old school shit. You know, East Coast niggas, man, them New York niggas always jumping somebody. Y'all notice that? You know, West Coast niggas shoot a fair one. Midwest niggas shoot. (laughs) Midwest niggas shoot. It ain't no punches. Ain't nothing. It's shooting. New York niggas be... New York niggas be jumping people, bro. That's a fact. But, you know, Freddie Gibbs had been involved. You know, these people that jump Freddie Gibbs, allegedly, are associates of Benny the Butcher's BSF and Griselda label allegedly because I'm not going to necessarily put this on Benny because I don't think a, a part of me doesn't think that Benny sent these guys I think these guys acted out in defense of Benny because they knew Benny wasn't necessarily going to talk about it that much and wasn't necessarily going to do anything with Freddie Gibbs. So his homeboys came through and got deep. They caught word that the nigga was there and they did their thing on him. You know, Freddie Gibbs showed up to the show. You know, the restaurant was across the street from the venue of the show. And he showed up and Freddie Gibbs had his eyes swollen. The nigga looked like the chi- a dark skinned version of the Chinese nigga from 2 Live Crew. He looked like Chinaman. His eyes looked like... The eyes that he used on power all over the place. The thing is about Gibbs, he talks a lot of shit. So I don't know. I suggest that, you know, what I'm saying Freddie Gibbs just stick to rapping, bro. Like you don't need to troll on social media, bro, because, you know, the niggas in the streets, they they see. They, only, they don't read articles. They see the cover of articles. They see Freddie Gibbs. This is Benny the Butcher. And Benny the Butcher homeboys came through and beat him up. Because I, deep down in my heart of hearts, I don't believe Benny called those niggas and said, jump Freddie Gibbs. I don't think... Benny doesn't believe that, you know... He doesn't... Benny doesn't fucking believe that, um... This beef is serious. And I don't believe this beef is serious. But however... According to Benny's side of things... He... He had a relationship with Gibbs... And... You know, this is via him. To summarize what Benny said, he said that he had a relationship with Gibbs and he realized that he acts like an industry nigga. Meaning that, you know, he has a, a oversized ego and he portrays himself as an industry nigga, you know, there are dudes that can vouch for Freddie Gibbs. I mean, Freddie, I'm, I don't think Freddie Gibbs is a punk. He didn't run. I'll give him that. He still had his jewelry. He just had a couple of uh, swollen eyes. And I think Freddie Gibbs knows that, knows the consequences of talking shit online. That you can, you know, these people out here are looking for clout. They're looking for a come up. And if they can catch the nigga that's dissing a man, they can get money or certain privileges from their mans. But my thoughts on this this beef is stupid because I like Freddie Gibbs and I like Benny the Butcher I think they should just find a way to squash this beef and collaborate because these two guys I consider top 10 rappers in the game right now both of these guys can spit they make great music together and it all started because Benny the Butcher didn't want to do an album with Freddie Gibbs because he felt like Freddie Gibbs was an industry nigga and he didn't want to make friends with industry niggas Benny the Butcher's more of an independent, an independent mindset, and just independent, period. Now I haven't heard anything about Conway the Machine and and Westside Guns Thoughts. I mean, they've worked with Freddie Gibbs as well, so I don't know that I don't know their sentiments. But let's move on. But anyway. Chris Paul, I mean, not Chris Paul, but um, Chris Brown announced (laughs) a new album called Breezy that's set to drop in June. I think it's June 26th. I mean, Chris Brown has a pretty decent discography. You know, I I hope it's not 48 tracks, though. I mean, yes, you drop the best 40-track work out of anybody that's ever dropped 48 tracks. But come on, man. Give us 18. 18 tracks of that shit Of those love songs Those club anthems Get with your team Get with your squad I know it's gonna be hot I know it's gonna be hot Um, Playoff Jimmy Butler Let me me say something about Jimmy Butler Jimmy Butler's on a tear Like playoff Jimmy Butler Is just different I just wanted to acknowledge that You know We haven't talked about the Eastern Conference Finals or the Western Conference Finals yet. We will do that tomorrow. Whether that that tomorrow be at 12 a.m. or or tomorrow will be at 9 a.m., we'll see. I just wanted to acknowledge that he has been playing amazing. And he's rising up the ranks as we speak. Um, Al Horford tested positive for COVID and many people in Boston's camp, they didn't and Brian Windhorst didn't release the names of who, but they're contracting the virus, which could lead to issues, possible issues for other players. But the safety and protocol must be handled. We don't know when Al Horford is returning. Marcus Smart is dealing with an injury, and we don't know when he's coming back. Kyle Lowry is out, so we'll just continue to monitor everything one by one. And there's a crazy rumor out there. I don't know if it's true, but allegedly, Rayjean Rondo pulled a gun out on his girlfriend in front of his kids. Now, until this is actually confirmed, I honestly don't believe that. Not gonna lie. Because a lot of these people, I hate to say it, but a lot of people make up shit. But if this does, if this is true, damn, Rondo, Rondo might be done. Or probably suspended and reprimanded by the NBA. But me personally, I don't think that shit is true. I'm just hoping that it's not true. You know, prayers go out to Rondo and his and his fam. You know, I'm not gonna really. Until everything is confirmed, I'm not really going to speak on it too much. But that's a wild-ass rumor that I heard. But finally, let's get to it. Let's get to the main meat and potatoes of this show. Patrick Beverly goes on First Fake, Worst Fake. um, Goes on Get Down, a.k.a. Get Up. And just appears on various talk shows on ESPN. ESPN, Toss Pat Bam for Bag to be Pat Bev and I like Patrick Beverly, you know, I get, I'm getting a lot of comparisons to Patrick Beverly, you know, I appreciate the comparisons by the way, when it comes down to telling the honest to God truth, but as you heard in the intro, he said that nobody is afraid of Chris Paul and I honestly think that that is a fact. That's a fact, y'all. Because nobody is afraid of everyone from LeBron James' generation, whether that be Melo, whether that be um, LeBron James, whether that be, you know, just anybody from the previous generation. I have said this on multiple occasions, these young niggas don't give a fuck about your credibility, what you did in the past, it's all about what have you done for me lately. And Chris Paul has done this his whole career. He's sold. We all know about Denver whooping his ass. We all know about San Antonio beating him. And Chris Paul got him back in that uh in the bad leg game. But that's the problem with Chris Paul. It's so many injuries, excuses, and media protection. Patrick Beverly is one of those NBA players that isn't privileged, that doesn't have the cachet, doesn't have the uh, statistics, doesn't have the same credibility as a Chris Paul. It's just like he said, like, Chris Paul gets away with all kinds of dirty shit. He punches niggas in the groin. He knows how to milk the referees. Because he was the president of the Players Association for so long And he's got it in With a lot of the owners And rubbed elbows with a lot of the referees And he associates with all these people So he's well liked And a nigga like Patrick Beverly Who has Patrick Beverly's mentality is just like This is like the popular Guy or popular girl in high school That everybody likes And it's this one nigga that's just like This nigga don't deserve all this. And once I bust his ass on the court and whatever the case may be, I'm going to get at him. I'm going to expose him. Of course, what he's saying is personal. He had reiterated in my intro that him and Chris Paul have been ops since they were like high school slash college. Since they were in like basketball camps. So this is one of his ops, so he's going to say a lot of things that you or the next man may not like, but I watched the entire first take interview, or worst fake, right? I watched a lot of that interview, and he said a lot of things that I agreed with. I felt like, you know, I felt like Chris Paul got special treatment throughout his career despite his shortcomings and failures, His inability to win a championship, his inability to lead a team to the finals for the longest up until last season, which a lot of people that I fuck with and a lot of NBA players say that last year's run was fool's gold. A last year's run was fake because of the injuries in the Western Conference. And then being eliminated exposed them. And I agree with some of that. Not all of it, but some of it. Patrick Beverly also called Chris Paul a cone, which is a little far. But what I I can correct him on is, Chris Paul is an overrated defensive player. Yes, he has nine all-defensive teams or whatever the fuck he got, right? He has multiple all-defensive team appearances. I had always thought that he wasn't an on ball defender. He just wasn't. Chris Paul was not a lockdown defender. I can't recall any elite point guard or any elite player in the history of basketball that he has legitimately stopped or locked down. I can't name a game, bro. I can't name, I guess, you know, Chris Paul has busted a lot of niggas' asses pause that on the offensive end he's got offensive skills and offensive talent on the defensive side of the game he can stay in front of you he has effort and he can pick your pocket now and again and gets an interception Chris Paul is a cornerback he is what we call a zone cone a zone corner He'll get you a little interception by playing zone. He's a zone corner. But he's not a shutdown corner. He's a zone guy. You put him in a zone, Chris Paul is going to steal the ball. He's led the league in steals multiple times. I give you that. But that's from being that zone corner player. Not necessarily, you know, stopping a player for a whole game. That's Pat Bam's lane. And as a defensive stopper, he kind of has a right to say that Chris Paul isn't an elite defensive player coming from a defensive player. I understand that Pat Babb nor Chris Paul has won Defensive Player of the Year. I can dig it. I can dig that. But if we just sitting here just talking about basketball, from a, a basketball standpoint, Chris Paul got a lot of praise early in his career for playing defense. And I was all I was that nigga in the background like Pat Bev. Like, it's good, but it's not good enough. We're not saying that he's a trash, I'm not saying he's he's a cone. I'm not gonna go that far. But Matt Barnes, I agree with what Marcellus Wiley said on his show, on Speak for Yourself. He had said, like, okay, if Patrick Beverly can't speak on Chris Paul, it was like Eddie in in Barbershop. If we can't talk straight nowhere, where can we talk straight? Where can we talk straight at, Calvin? Where can we talk straight at, Calvin? Where can we talk straight? this is a shop. You know what I'm saying So Me Let's lo- use myself as an example I ain't played basketball in high school I played in the rec leagues My whole life I don't have no basketball credibility I'm not a, I'm not a scout I'm not a talent scout I don't have any NBA experience I used to play basketball I'm no longer good at basketball But you know what I grew up watching basketball. I grew up idolizing basketball players. I grew up watching the game, seeing the game. And I learned some shit from them rec leagues, like how to play zone, how to play man-to-man, how to disguise the zone, how to run box one sets, and just how to run plays. How motion works. You know what I'm saying? So and i've watched a lot of the finals since you know i was born since i was a kid i was an advanced mind at a young age and i know how all the players play i know how to break down all of their games one by one strengths weaknesses statistics you know not that not that uh per bullshit just regular basic stats right but that but does that mean i can't talk about chris paul or patrick beverly come on Matt Barnes Damian Lillard got in his feelings because you know he's a part of that you know he run with LeBron and Chris Paul and all them niggas and Dame my favorite player but I'm disappointed in Dame a little bit because you know Dame said he act like his word is law. I'm like Dame he's being paid to do a job why did you take anything that Patrick Beverly said seriously first of all When this shit don't really involve you. Pat Bev is being paid to do a job. Pat Bev just sat on television and just said that Chris Paul is his op. And if you didn't listen, he gave Chris Paul credit. Listen to the intro again. Rewind. He gave him his props for being a great player. But that's his op. And that's the problem with a lot of these players. A lot of these players are our best friends. That's a problem with the game. There's no rivalry in the game. Rivalries used to make basketball entertaining. You look at a nigga like Bird, Magic, Rivalry, Pistons versus everybody, Rivalry. Right? Right. And it took a guy like Pat Bev to come back. Because the reason why I played the Isaiah soundbite was up until Patrick Beverly, like, straight up criticized Chris Paul for his shortcomings. You know, Pat Bev also said to Stephen A. Smith, when you're defaming guys like Ben Simmons, like the James Hardens, like the LeBron Jameses of the world, where's the Chris Paul slander? And I was like, that's right, Pat Bev. Talk your shit. They don't speak... L on Chris Paul like they do everybody else they used to fucking dog Kobe in in the damn media they used to dog Kobe they used to dog Jordan when he he played bad I agree with a lot of what Pat Bev said but here's what I did, but back to uh, uh, Isaiah. Isaiah was the only one to say that Chris Paul plays too safe and doesn't take many risks, and that's been the story of his career. When Ryan Holland said everything that glitters ain't gold when it comes to Chris Paul, that's a fact. Which is why I question, why would you put a guy like Tony Parker behind Chris Paul when he has a finals MVP when he may not be as accomplished statistically he is accomplished through the eye test and his accomplishments with the San Antonio Spurs that's why I put a guy like Tony Parker cats like Walt Frazier you know what I'm saying You know why some would put Gary Payton above him, even though I don't put GP above him? It's why I put a guy like John Stockton, Jason Kidd, above a Chris Paul. Because those guys have accomplished a little bit more and did a lot more when the pressure was on. And they fucked up their competition. Whoever they was checking, some competition... Was better than others. Walt Frazier used to get at Jerry West. You know, he beat his competition. He got championships. So did Jason. So did did John. Chris Paul has had multiple meltdowns in the playoffs. And was rarely criticized for that. And that's why Patrick Beverly decided to step out and be that person that would take the slander and criticism. Chris Paul has given up five 2 0 leads. And not many people talk about that. They're talking about it now or as of recently. You know, I've given Chris Paul, even I have given Chris Paul a pass for getting to the finals. But now people are starting to figure it out after 17, 18 years. That this dude, he may be top 50, but he ain't as high or better than many people, as many people think he is. Now I do have an old video from 2018. I need you guys to check out. It's called CP negative three, right? on the Keane NBA and Music Talk YouTube page because I chronicled all of Chris Paul's missteps because no one in the media was doing that. But you know, no one in on ESPN, FS1, none of those guys were doing that, right? Nobody was 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 criticizing Chris Paul. No one. Everyone was was shook. Because a lot of those players know that Chris Paul would probably do something to them. Because he was the president of the Players Association. That was probably a part of the reason why a lot of the NBA players didn't want to talk. Pat Bev, he don't give a fuck. He gonna say what he gotta say. But Isaiah... Was the only person. Because Isaiah was already established. He he wasn't playing anymore. But all in all. I felt like. Patrick Beverly is a breath of fresh air. You know what I'm saying? And. Chris Paul has blown a 3-1 lead before. Chris Paul has sold. And this playoff run that he recently had wasn't no different. As the last five games, he only averaged just under 10 points per game. And he has lost multiple game sevens. Multiple. And it's about fucking time that somebody called this man out. And it's about time that somebody said something. And this isn't hate. These ain't diss records that I'm I'm saying. I'm just saying what's a fact. But one thing I disagreed with Patrick Beverly on was the fact that Stephen A. said that James Harden did not deserve a max contract. And I actually agreed with Stephen A. Smith. Because James Harden has been horrible since he left the Houston Rockets he showed up to camp intentionally overweight and I've been making fat jokes about Harden ever since if you want to be fat and sloppy I'll call you fat and sloppy nigga ever since he made that exit from the Rockets and left, left Houston on Stuck. That was fucked up. That was bold. And then Brooklyn, he does the same thing to them because he's not happy with Kyrie Irving, which is understandable. Kyrie Irving is a special personality. You have to be like-minded as him to really get along with him. You got to be like-minded. A lot of people can't tolerate Kyrie, but James Harden, you know, he sat out with a fake injury to get out of Brooklyn and then go to Philadelphia and play like he played in the playoffs. He only had one good game. He played 12 games and he only had one good game. When he had that 31.7-rebound, 8-assist game, that was his only good one. And y'all think that he deserves a max contract. Philadelphia came out today and said, we're not going to offer James Harden a max contract because that's not what he deserves. He doesn't deserve that. James Harden's best bet is to opt into that $45 million contract. Because that's the last $45 million you're ever going to see at one time. Because that's it for you. Shit. You going to be getting McDonald's full for full money. You going to be getting blimpies. Your ass is going to be getting McDonald's dollar menu money. You know, Pat Bev, I don't agree with you, bro, on that. And no, we're not trying to stop James Harden from getting money. I applaud any brother getting money. But if you're a team investing in a player that's known for not showing up in big games, I have a whole chronicle of James Harden's closeout games where he hasn't shown up when his team needs him. And Joel Embiid said it himself. We thought we were going to get rockets, James Harden and he's not that player anymore. Everybody talking about, you know, you know, James Harden is 25, 11, and 8. No, the fuck he's not. James Harden is 19, 8, and 11. He's basically like a true point guard that scores sometimes. He's too sometimey for me to give him a max contract. Maybe 15, 18 million a year. That's probably what I would give him, something around 15 to 18 million a year. And that's actually very generous due to some of the performances that he's had and the fact that he doesn't necessarily take his body serious, doesn't take necessarily anything serious. Because I'm going to be honest. Philadelphia had a chance to be in the conference finals, possibly make the finals. If Harden was 100% committed, they could have went to the finals. But it was Joel Embiid, who wasn't even 100%, who had to carry the weight. Tyrese Maxey, who was only in his second season, had to carry the weight. And that's a lot of weight that they had to carry because Harden weighs about 300 pounds. (laughs) him and Zion are about the same on that scale but that's pretty much the only thing I disagree with Pat Bev with but that's my show this is King Known (laughs) Uncensored the rise of Patrick Beverly and I'm out